I want to make a podcast that's just all based on conversations that I'm having because I talk to wonderful people like you, and I think that a lot of people could get some value from hearing conversations like this. Gotcha. So that's just a side note. It hasn't turned into hasn't edit, turned into anything. Edit out the bad stuff. Yeah, yeah, right. Which <laughs> <laughs> um, which 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 I'd never have time for. So it'd just have to be like boop. All right. <laughs> but anyway, um, so. It's so interesting that you talk about that. You know, one thing that I just saw today was trauma, the great equalizer. You know, so it was kind of ba- based on what you were just saying a second ago, how everyone is, you know, is de- deals with this stuff in their own lives. So trauma, the great equalizer is, you know, to that same point, right? So um, you want to talk about something that we all have common ground on. Well, we definitely all have common ground there. Yes. And actually, I just heard the same thing less than 24 hours ago, a woman who was being interviewed can't remember her name, Ontario Gross, um, who does religious studies, and she was saying that too. She had lost a child, um, only child, and you know, the huge grief that that caused her. And as um, she was studying Buddhism and these different religions, she came to understand that, yeah, suffering is not a good thing, but it does give us compassion for other people who suffer once we actually know what that is right. and experience it. So, um, but again, there was a person who. <clears throat> who, you know, had this, had a reason to be miserable and found a way of getting out of that dark hole of despair and suffering without doing harm to other people. By what? She did it, actually. She, um, well, she was a very devoted to um, studying philosophy, and I think that gave her a lot of um, got, you know, sort of leads about how to deal with suffering, studying different world religions. Um, cause a lot of religious teachers, uh, give suggestions on ways to overcome suffering. Um, and she also devoted her life to some other kids that she adopted. So devoting herself through service to help other people, um, took her out of her own misery by being able to of service to others right and also kind of exploring that and sharing what she learned um with others too i think she it gave her like a purpose in life both with these kids and and teaching what she learned so i think it's helpful to have those things you know to have a, a reason to stick around and a reason to have hope that uh one can make a change for for on a personal level and on a collective level. Yeah, 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 exactly. It's like finding the <clears throat> finding the the most important tools to um, have. I don't know to to address those things, right? And to turn them into good things. Like some one thing that I'm hearing is like, okay, if you're going through some difficult times, if you just start volunteering somewhere, it's going to probably just make things better, right? Um, if you, if, if, you're, if you have the luxury of time and resources where you can, you know, well, you know, like there's exactly. three jobs and, exactly. you know, it's still not working. So, you know, so. You're, well, you're exactly right. It's funny. My mind went there too. And then I thought, well, since that's going to be like hard to do for a lot of people, a gratitude practice is something that, you know, everyone can do. It's kind of like we're moving in that same sort of field, right? Like if something like contribution helped, then I'm sure something like gratitude would also help. So you know, taking a moment to be grateful for something and then writing it down on like a note card or 
on a piece of napkin or something is like yes you know yeah that is a thing that everyone can do that doesn't take a lot of time yeah i think that's a great i think that's a great that's an easy to do quick thing yep and and the thing is it's like you know it's all here the good and the bad right so and we can't we can't really edit out the bad right so it's about focusing on yeah what we do have to be grateful for and the positives because i think even i read or heard you know that the human mind kind of scans for what's wrong for problems for you know for the negative so-called negative stuff yep. we kind of are always like looking out for that like yep. Ooh, watch out this is bad that's a problem gotta yep. fix that you know but um to help keep the mind in balance, yeah, I think the gratitude is really good to help us focus on that the glass is half full rather than half empty. Yes. For sure. Yes. And hugs, you know, like um, giving and receiving hugs, heart to heart hugs. Yeah. Yeah. And that actually, um, if you hold a hug for more than three seconds, physiologically, it does something to the animal brain part of ourselves that actually physically um you know it, it does something good for the body like releases some sort of endorphins or just you know it's kind of like being hugged by mom oh yeah you know it does something to the to the infant or the animal brain actually having a hug for more than three seconds so totally it's a good healer and it's tricky to like um you know, be a person, to, you know, who's like, uh, it's, it takes courage to give hugs, you know? Yep. Too. So, yep. um, that's a good practice to initiate that when one feels like, you know, it might be welcomed or needed. You've opened up a lot of, a lot of ideas or connected some dots for me here. Um, you know yeah yeah you've done that for me too so thank you good um to look at this stuff and what was the thing you mentioned last time we spoke um and then i heard about it again 30 hours later three days later something um about hierarchical needs oh maslow's hierarchy of needs yeah yes so remind me what that is yeah maslow's hierarchy of needs you know the way you can look at it is almost like energy management where um, you're living in this world and you have to, your energy goes somewhere and it's based on the needs that you have. Like part of what the human does is the human, uh, wants to fill its needs and need, some needs are a higher priority than others. That's a hierarchy. So the, the most important and fundamental is physiological needs. So, you know, all your energy is going to go to getting your need of of drinking water and hydration met, you know, uh, shelter, um, food, you're not going to be making poetry, um, or writing screenplays at that time, yeah, you know, right. like, you, are you going to write a screenplay if you haven't eaten in two days? Yeah, definitely not. Probably, yeah. probably just going to work on getting food. And it's tricky. Yeah. So yeah, it's tricky to do any kind of extra stuff when your mind is constantly focused on like okay how am i gonna you know how am i going to xyz pay the rent pay my bills yep. put gas in the car yeah food. Yeah. yeah yeah 
and um, it kind of keeps going like that, right, with different phases. So then there's the safety phase. Like if you feel like your your life's in danger, you're not going to be doing anything, but just like how do I get out of the situation where I don't feel safe? Mm-hmm. And so that's one. And then there's uh, like love and acceptance, you know. Um, now keep in mind, it's I don't think this is a an all or nothing. This is just like what's going to take priority at different times. So you're no longer putting a lot of your energy towards like, am I safe? Because you feel safe. So now it's like this love and acceptance concept. Um, and then after that is esteem. So like, am I respected at uh, at work? Am I appreciated for the things that I'm doing? You know, those kinds of deals. And then after that, it's self-actualization where you just like whatever those higher um, whatever it was that you were put on this planet to, to do, you, you are now free to put more energy focusing on that. Okay. When those other needs are met. Yep. That makes total sense. Wow. So there's a lot of people on the planet who need to get more of their needs met. Yes. So we can have yes. A more, um, a more evolved planet. Yes, where exactly. There's people who are able to contribute more of their through gifts. Yep. Well, when you get some ideas on how to do that, let me know. <laughs> okay, so here's one. Um, are, you okay. fam- are you familiar with nonviolent communication? I heard the terminology, but I haven't studied it. So, I like it. Um, you can go on YouTube and watch uh, Marshall Rosenberg, who created it, um, talk about it. There, there's a three-hour YouTube video and the thumbnail is him holding up two puppets in his hands. So, like, you know, it's pretty good. <laughs> and, you know, it's it uh, it's definitely a time investment, but you um, you speak and hear differently once you're done. All right. I'm going to check that out. Nice. Nice. Yeah, and so that's one thing that we can do, which is just have an understanding and a listening for people's needs because once you know kind of what other people – are actually communicating um, about what they want, then it's easier to, um, you know, have empathy, not, not just have empathy to feel what they're feeling, but then also like understand what they mean and kind of know how to help um, when, when appropriate. So. Okay. So that's cool. And how do you, how do you do that when like someone comes at you with a gun? <clears throat> I mean, you don't, right. It's just like, right. you know, there's, there's like different things call for different times. Yeah, because yeah. there's, there's the argument, you know, that to combat or to deal with the issue of schools, shootings, that you need more guns in the school. And um, so. Yeah, yeah. It's like. It'd be cool if, if people took the nonviolent. Uh, what's it called? Communication. Communication. Learn those skills before it escalated to that point. It, to that be, cool. Yeah, to even get to that point, exactly. Yeah. Yep, yep. Exactly. And then. Yeah, I think that's it. You're, you're, it's like everyone has uh, needs. Everyone has, experiences trauma. And um, those are all in a certain range and continuum, you know, of yeah. extremes. And, you know, based on th- those are the common pieces we have. So it's like healing from trauma, having resilience to trauma. So being able to deal with it, right, and like um, become anti-fragile to trauma, which is that when 
things that are difficult come up, you actually get stronger and better better because of it. It's like the, the, the things that don't kill you make you stronger. That's one option. I mean, <laughs> that could be the case, but that's not definitively the case um, considering the CDC studies on um, on adverse childhood experiences, right? Yeah. Um, in fact, what doesn't kill you might be the thing that ends up uh, just killing you later after you've already killed a bunch of other people. You know, right? Yeah. So that makes sense. So it's like it is an option though, but there's a conscientious approach to take and a certain, a certain uh, way to go about that, or at least it's not going to happen randomly, most likely, or it might happen randomly, but it happens so often, then why take the chance? So, um, so I think that that's another piece of it. And then, like, as far as people's needs being met, I mean, that's what a big part of what's going on in the political spectrum right now, right? It's like. You know, do we are we the kind of country that is going to um, have the basic needs met of the people in that live around us, or are we going to say that we don't care about that? It sounds like, from what I just heard on the radio, people are leaning more towards you know healthcare for all in the elections. Yeah, so good. That's good. So uh, that, if that's any indication, there's reason for hope that maybe yeah. people are starting to care more. About oh yeah. Not just their own needs, but, well, <laughs> that might be triggered by their own needs, but... That's um, fine. Whatever. You know? Yeah. It might be triggered great. It might be triggered by their own needs, and they're not wrong, right? So it's like... Right. Yeah, that they makes, need that. Sure. Needs that. Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah it's, it's, it makes sense that the people that would advocate for it are the people that want it, and it's always really strange to me when the people that really could benefit from it in all kinds of ways are the ones saying they don't want it. It just goes to show the manipulation that occurs in the media, you know what I mean? Right, yeah, um, to, exactly. to for us to think things differently but it's like once once we see the truth in a situation then it doesn't really matter who you hear something from You're like nah it doesn't seem right to me um which is kind of its own you know its own power that's necessary in this world today is just a certain level of discernment you know yeah tuning into yeah to the inner knowing instead of you know needing it all to come in from outside all the information yeah it's like something comes your way and it's like maybe it's a gold mine or maybe it's like a total not <laughs> and it's like right, you know look yeah. and be like oh okay and yep do this do that make the you know this now works for all of us you know that's the, yeah that's kind of the interesting thing about it yeah well it's interesting that the the statistics and the information from the CDC studies, because I do, I do like to listen to um, scientific studies and research. You know, it all depends on who's funding that research yeah. and what their motivations might be, if they're a pharmaceutical company or, or who they are, or you know, the NRA. But um, it's always good to look deeper into those studies and see, you know see what what they find well do you mind if i send you some links and uh, would you would be open that. to digging into it okay that's awesome yeah you know you know how helpful this would be for me too because um i don't uh I, i'm just kind of digging into the implications of it but not what's behind it and who's behind the study so yeah that's a really important thing to consider yes and the cdc is not always yeah you know, yeah true side of totally you know, um, it's like, you know, we, we think for this year that this is the 
a healthy thing, and then we find out next year yeah, that actually it so causes true. breast cancer. So it's so <laughs> true. That's so true. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but always good to be open to the to the scientific studies. I think. And okay, so this was this was by the uh, the Health Maintenance Organization. Have you heard of that? Okay. No. I've never heard of that one. And then this other one, Kaiser Permanente. Mm-hmm. Heard of them? Yep. Integrated Managed Care, based in Oakland. Interesting. Yeah, so they were the other one. Uh, okay, yeah, I'd love to see that stuff. Um, cool. Cool, cool, cool. Send it my way, thank yeah, you. Yeah, I will, I will. Thank you. Uh, what's What's the latest on your life? What's What's important to you and all that? Um, yesterday I actually sat down and worked on my screenplay. I was like... Mm. You know, I, I've got a lot to do, and I don't know how I'm going to pay, you know, XYZ bills, but I'm going to yeah. sit down for a day and put everything else off. So that was very, um, that was, that felt very satisfying to be able to just say, I yes, there's all these reasons not to do this today, but I'm going to do it anyway. Right. So that was good. Um, nice. And of course, it again, since it does deal, you know, with the topic of, that we've been discussing, you know, um, you know, if you want to, how to, how to feel, be motivated to play this game of life, you know, versus wanting to quit and not play anymore. Uh huh. So, uh-huh. um, so a lot of the stuff that we've been talking about has been on my mind. So, yes. Good to, good to feed the conversation with you. Nice. Well, Learn a little more. Yeah, that's great. I was thinking about suicide today, and I was thinking, you know, when you think of there's fight, flight, and freeze are like the three responses, right? And, mm-hmm. you know, I think about how, in a way, suicide is like the ultimate flight response. Yeah, it is. Yep. Or is it fight? No, it's flight, yeah. It's fighting with life and taking a flight. Yeah, it's, it's all. Yeah, get it. Yeah. You might. It's, like the, ulti- it's the ultimate act of, of running away and also like the ultimate act of fighting life the way it is. Yeah, like saying, like, I'm not going to play anymore, basically, just like you said. And, yeah. you know, I mean, it's, when I think of these, like, when I think of a school shooting, I think that's like a fight response. ways you think of the trauma that the the kid was going through the toxic stress the kid had just like a virus he then went into the school and then created and injected trauma and spread spread that trauma into all these other people wow that's a very interesting metaphor yeah huh and so while we're playing with that metaphor, then like an antibody, what would it be? You know, um, something that could go into a school and spread healing to all the other cells. Uh-huh. What would that be? What would that look like? There's, um, there's like, a, there's inoculation. 
there's uh yeah on the healing side what is that like you said white blood cells but is that really it well, I don't know. there's like these things that they're talking about now with cancer they're um they are they're immune they're part of your immune system and there are these little cells that are like someone used recently the metaphor of navy seals like they're the navy seals of your immune system oh yeah there <laughs> and you they go. go in there and they go in there and um use your immune system to kick out the cancer right so um i and i have to find out exactly what what the terminology is but there are i I'm just imagining, like, what if there are people who have really, really strong immune systems or really strong immune system in dealing with stress and dealing with all the suffering on the world and all of the awful things, and they're immune to that on some level, or they're able to cope with it in a way that doesn't weaken them, you know, doesn't right. doesn't bring bring them down into despair themselves. So. Right. I just feel like, yeah, like that's the key is for each of us to learn how to become, you know, how to strengthen our own immune system to all of the horrible things that are happening, yep. you know, that, that we see in the news and we hear about, and you know, friends and family, you know, tragedies. And how do we, you know, have our own strong immune system so that we can witness that and observe it and be involved with it without it um breaking our hearts and bringing us into despair yeah so. yeah and maybe on the other side you know the was it the hydra that uh the, the monster that you cut off one head and like two grow back um oh, yeah. the, the concept of being anti-fragile is this guy nasim talib who writes this book about it and the anti-fragility is when uh something some kind of stressor happens and the system actually gets stronger um, because of it mm, yeah again it's just all of the right measures right it's like yeah it's like snake poison can kill you or in the right dose yes actually, right so it's all about getting the dose right getting the getting the balance yes yeah finding equilibrium and basically everything yeah hmm well and I don't know how we do that. So, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's a goal. It's a goal. Um, I'm going with by by hugging people uh, more often and talking with people more often. I like that. I'll that try goes. that. I'll try that out. Well, we're doing it right now. Okay, experiment. It's a good, it's a good experiment. So, hey, when when I'm up in your area, wherever you live, are you live in Oakland or something? Um, I actually live in the North Bay. Cross the bridge. Okay, you live across the bridge. So yeah, um, come on over. Come visit. I, I want to hang out with you and your friends. You you seem so like I love talking with you. You know, from the very first time we started chatting, I was I was surprised at how um, how nice it was. So Thanks. so come for more talks yeah, or yeah, call yeah. anytime. Yeah, cool. when do you come this way? Oh, well, I know you were from you were I've, from Santa Barbara, right? Before I'm originally from Arizona, I lived there. I lived in Santa Barbara for a little while, but I okay. I end up being everywhere all the time. It seems so. Um, okay, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if um, I end up being somewhere in your neck of the woods. So yeah, let's let's hang out sometime and uh, okay. let's keep you're, talking. You're thanks, thanks for, thank thank you, thank you for dropping a line. Um, okay, 
Yay. Well, thanks for making time for it today. And I look forward to our next conversation. Woo. Hey, do you mind if this is on a podcast? Uh, I don't mind. Nice. Okay, cool. Well, this you're going right. to be the first episode. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Let's do it. Okay. All right, bye. Okay. All right. See ya. Bye. Career <laughs> that you're looking for, but that is not always followed. So if you're talking about a behavior you're looking for in a safety culture, it could be we always wear like our protective gear, our PPE, right? So that would be like on top, that's the, the 10% of the iceberg, you know, 90% of an iceberg is below the surface, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So it said, you know, so it's like us as a group norm to wear our protective gear. Mm-hmm. So Identity. If you, if, but if you flip it, it's like us not to wear our protective gear, protective gear when, and yeah. then you start listing out all the reasons. Nice. You know, we have, you know, it's, it's a high surplus. Like we need to go do the thing really quick. Yeah. Or, you know, I'm just going to be on the floor for just a minute. I don't need to go do the production. Right. I don't need to go through that whole bit to do that. Yeah. And then you start going into those, and those are your norms. So then you look at your assumptions and beliefs about those norms. If I'm on the floor for just a minute, what's my assumption or belief? Yeah. Well, my assumption or belief is going to be, oh, well, it's never happened in the 25 years that I've worked here. It's not important. Oh, it's one of those things, I'm just out there for yeah. a second. Like, there's no possible way something could happen. I'm yeah, really yeah, yeah. careful. Yeah. Right? So you start thinking those, and instead of saying, again, a policy that says we always wear a protective gear, which we know is not always followed, then you focus in on those assumptions and beliefs and those norms, and you make that one change to affect the thing that you really want to have happen. Are we doing no more glasses? Maybe a tab. A tab? Yes, please. Thank you. But it's kind of cool. So that's when we start talking about culture. You can actually bring that down to grass tax. Like grass tax? Brass tax. Words got hard. Thanks, wine. But it's just fun. So we get to play in that space. Do you want me to say the culture quote? Is that what you wanted? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Culture. The assumptions, beliefs, and norms held by individuals that influence how you think, feel, and behave. I thought culture was those things that come in yogurt and kombucha. <laughs> it comes in both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. An organism? Thank yeah. you. They're mostly unspoken cultures. Hi. 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 I heard Japanese. Hi. Hi. You always do. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Thank you so much. So, um, sorry, who, who are you? What's, your name's Justin. My name's Justin. And what's your, what's, what do you, why, why do you do this stuff? I do people strategy. Wow, what does that mean? Right. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> why do you do it? Would you, would, you, would, you rather, would you rather me ask why you do it? Which is what Jared's question was. Well, he was asking you why. What is it? Sure. Why do I do it? Because yeah. I love making people more effective in what they do. Giving them actual strategies to increase their effectiveness across organizations or in their job space. Mm-hmm. And their lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you believe in teleology? Uh, tell me more about that. It's this belief that everything has its like highest expression and or potential. I don't know what that means. Like uh, a acorn's teleological destiny is to be like a big, strong oak tree. Like, do you think it's true or not? Sure. But like, you think it applies to humans too, in terms of jobs, in terms of expression, in expression. Like in this, all people have an oak tree in them. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. Like that idea. 
like all people destined to become something like there's something that's like this this like pristine high thing that you could be do you think that's the case that's existential I think all people can find improvement all people can can refine and hone and become better. So I do believe that. Yeah. Do I think everybody's going to be the outlier? No, not necessarily. Yeah. But we can improve people to a to a I think a very high degree. Uh-huh. I think people take intentional focus and self awareness to a space where they want to make the choice to improve. Yeah. choice right like it's a choice like you can choose to or choose to not improve yes and that choice is informed partially by context so like what you see happening around you it's also the choice is informed by what you believe is possible Mm -hmm. depending on what you believe is possible depends on you making that choice or not sure and those beliefs are sometimes conscious and also unconscious like we're not completely aware that we have certain beliefs that are informing us about what's possible yeah and so I think part of the game is like what's a belief that is true and is also extremely useful in what context well, in any context, in this case, um, in the human context of um, what your potential is, I think it's a pretty functional belief, what you're saying, Justin, to say, like, that we can always improve. Like, you might not be saying, like, you, you're not even necessarily asserting that there's this, like, this place to arrive at. You're asserting that there's always impro- the possibility for improvement. To what increment or to what scope, mm-hmm. that's not really said in what you're saying, but you're at least saying, like, there's at least a point beyond. I mean, there should be no reason to stagnate. If you, we live in a culture that's constantly evolving and changing, no matter what. So by that fact, there's always room for improvement too, yeah. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you're stagnating, then, I mean, that's just that. <laughs> you know, you're going to get perpetually worse, really. So right. Because kind of the world's perpetually exactly. changing. I yeah. got it. Yeah. yeah. So. You keep on kind of playing playing to a game that is no longer what, the game that we're even playing anymore mm-hmm. it's like the game changes like oh now the game's this now the game's yeah. that so even if you're staying at the same pace as the rest of society is evolving technically you're improving and changing whether you know it or not like whether it's conscious or not yeah now but that's different I mean that's kind of like right now whether that's improvement or not is also a assertion or a judgment that one could make but you know I think that the game um, ends up being thank you for, for for me personally the game that I'm playing is like what are the things that when we focus on they actually don't change regardless of how much society changes because then that's like where you can actually like continue to get the fruits of the labors trying to think of an example of that like, because a lot of things change as society changes. Like even your inherited sociological thoughts, beliefs, 
the way that we were raised yeah. constantly yeah. changing. Like we like to think, oh, you know, we've been doing it this way for this long, but realistically, no. I'd say it's like truth, and does the truth change and evolve? Sure. Does that change depending on what we get? Yeah, but there's still truth and untruth. And then uh, the other one, love. You know, it's like expressing love still consistent thousands of years later from written history. You know, There's more options now. Yeah, there's different ways to express it. Yep. Uh, but the essence of it is still there. So that I would flip it though too. Like if you're thinking about human improvement, look at first, I think there's some gold looking at what your limiting frameworks are. And we've had conversations around that. So like you're presented a new change or a challenge. And if your first gut reaction is, oh, I couldn't do that. Mm-hmm. I think I would step back and say, well, why? Yep. Ask why 12 times. Figure out like, why is it that I couldn't do that? Is that because of there's actually a limitation or is it because it's a perceived limitation? And I'm choosing to stop this this progress train because of something that I'm I'm limiting myself in a space where I'm like, yeah, I, I couldn't possibly do that. And then we start asking why. You're like, well, maybe I could actually I can do that, but I'm just choosing not to. Yeah, right. And then at that point, it's an informed choice yeah. versus like a reflex. Yeah. Yeah, like reflexive responses, right? It's like. You know, you get your your knee bumped and then your leg goes up and you don't really have any conscious choice about that. It just happens. There's, like, the same thing that happens in our self-talk and in our other places within how we perceive the world. And it's like, mm-hmm. we, we actually have conscious choice over some of these things that we didn't think we did because we didn't even know that they were happening in the first place. Yeah. Actually, that's a lot of what you're doing with change management yeah. anyway, right? Because yeah, yeah. you're saying, when don't we? Like, you're, sh- you're shining light onto the thing that if we didn't talk about it, it was going to happen anyway mm-hmm. with zero awareness about the fact that you're making that choice. Yeah. That's cool. Especially because the change is going to happen anyway. So how do we, like, in change management, the change is happening. We don't have right. a choice We're doing that. this. But our choice could be how we engage with the change or what choices do we have before the change goes live. Mm-hmm. Right, and then how do you mitigate resistance around that space so that you communicate can the change. communicate? Yeah. The, but I think also too, like, how do you get the people ready to buy and to have desire to make the change? Because yep. like you can communicate, you create that awareness piece, right? And then I'm stealing, I'm stealing a methodology here. But then you can't create desire for someone, right? Like I can't manufacture desire for you for a change. Like you have to finally buy in to do the thing. You can grow desire. You can, yeah. you can influence. You can influence. You can. I would say you can influence. Stoke a fire, but, but it has somebody, to be there. But if somebody says no, I don't want to. There's no amount of work that you can do that's going to get them there. Yeah. If they just yeah. decide, no, yeah. I'm yeah, not yeah, doing yeah. the thing. Yeah. At that point, you kind of have have this like force versus free will. Yeah. Fork in the road. Yep. And nothing ends up being efficient when you're forcing. Because it's like cognitive dissonance that's like pulling the person away from the thing. Yeah. And they're not intrinsically motivated at that point. That's one of those points that the awesome. guy... This is one of the points that this guy makes about uh, intrinsic motivation is that um, when we make choices, life choices that are... Uh, 
uh, not intrinsically motivated that we end up being depressed, anxious, and have unhappy lives when we do things that aren't motivated from within. It's a very simple framework, and I think there's a lot of sense to it. Yeah. Because we crave freedom. That's part of the human experience, I think. Okay, bye. Do you always record them with your phone like that, or do you have like a set up at your house?